My name is Yusuf Uddin and I am Bengali. I was brought up in the UK. My parents came from Bangladesh and moved to the UK in the 90s and the early 2000s. I wanted to mark the 50th anniversary of the independence of Bangladesh by finding out more about our heritage and our Bangladeshi culture. What was it like for our parents to arrive here back in the 60s and 70s? Were they welcomed with open arms? Do young people like me know about their heritage? Hi, my name is Bashar and I'm Bengali. I was brought up in Camden, London. My parents came from Bangladesh, um, from a small village in Silet, and moved to the UK in the 1960s. Hi, my name is Wyland and I am from China. I was brought up in Hong Kong. My mum came from Guangzhou and my dad was from Hong Kong. I moved to the UK when I was eight or nine and I wanted to mark the 50th anniversary of the independence of Bangladesh. Hi, my name is Libiva and I'm a young Bengali resident in Bloomsbury. I was brought up here and um, my parents came from Bangladesh and moved to the UK in around the 60s and the 70s. I'm Noha, I'm a British Bengali, I'm born and raised in East London. My parents come from Bangladesh as well, they came in about the 80s to 90s and I want to be part of this project because I wanted to mark the 50th anniversary of, of the independence of Bangladesh but I also wanted to find out what it meant to be a British Bangladeshi, not just for my generation but also for the people who came before us, people even older than that and just to find out more about the history of migration here as well. We spoke to Alima, a young Bloomsbury resident who told about her grandfather's migration to Britain. So my name's Alima, um, I was born and basically brought up in this area. Mm -hmm. um, my family have been living here for over 20 years. So my grandfather's name is Muhammad Yusuf. Um, he migrated to the UK in around in the 1970s slash 60s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he went from Bangladesh to Calcutta and then eventually came to the UK. Uh, he was all around the UK, so Birmingham, London, other places I'm not, I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. of. And he did a very various jobs, so worked in factories, laundrettes. So he did work until he was probably in his 50s mm -hmm. or 60s because he was quite ill actually. Obviously it would have been quite hard for him, um, there was a language barrier. Mm -hmm. um, so he had to pick up the language and very quickly, which he did quite surprisingly. Yeah. Um, I think looking for work was like the first thing on his mind. Uh, he did move quite a lot of, like from place to place because mm -hmm. of like housing. Even when he got his family to the country, um, they moved multiple times until yeah. they could settle properly. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think life for him was quite difficult and challenging, but they got through it. So my granddad used to like go back and forth. Mm -hmm. So eventually when he didn't want to get married, he married. In between he'd yeah. come come and go um, from the UK to Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. And then in 1989, yeah. he got his like his mm -hmm. wife and kids here. I think his like, intention was to like, settle here, mm -hmm. you know. Right um, from the beginning? Yeah, right from the beginning. Okay, yeah. You know, they say the American dream, but the UK version. Right, so yeah. That's, so that's basically what it was for mm -hmm. him. 
by there was an address um, mm-hmm. in Birmingham. I actually looked it up. Yeah. And the exact house. Mm-hmm. So it's still there. Okay. Uh, so he lived there with other like Bengali men who were also here mm-hmm. in the same situation as him working. Yes. Um, yeah. And it, he, I remember him saying that it was quite crowded as well. Mm-hmm. From what I know is that he did not have an education. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it did, it'd be in Bangladesh. Yeah. So like probably up to as they call it high school right um mm-hmm. probably until that age but when he came to the uk he was not educated he did not go to school college mm-hmm. or university so he picked up the language from work yeah. from working he, i think he did read a lot we have family friends you know how you have you call them family but you're not actually related to them yeah so yeah. i found out there was this one family mm-hmm. we're not related to them but my granddad kind of called them brother and sister because yeah, they'd come to him mm-hmm. to write letters and he'd yeah. write letters for them mm-hmm. in english and they kind of like built that bond mm-hmm. with various Bengalis in London. Yeah, the letters were more of um, I think either to do with like immigration, like the services, mm-hmm. the councils. So sometimes you'd have to write up like your situation, yeah, and what you'd want, what you'd like, you know, mm-hmm. just them sort of letters. Right. It wasn't yeah. like I don't know writing letters to your family. So my granddad had four kids, mm-hmm. uh, eldest being my dad, he was born in 73, and then I've got two uncles, I don't know the date of, date of birth, yeah. <laughs> and then my youngest, um, who is my aunt, mm-hmm. um, he was born in 89. Right. Yeah, so and four of them, it's three brothers and a sister. Uh, so my dad did not have education, and he wasn't compulsory then either. Yeah. So he was either in his late teens and early 20s when mm-hmm. he was here. And he went straight into work. Um, he worked in restaurants, mainly in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and eventually worked his way up to becoming a chef. So he life. worked all over the UK, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in London, places down south, mm-hmm. I think Portsmouth maybe. Right. Um, definitely Newcastle. Mm-hmm. He does talk about how he, he used to come home and mm-hmm. like spend time with his yes. siblings, so mm-hmm. especially the youngest ones. He'd always have like a camera with him yeah. and he'd take pictures mm-hmm. and videos of everyone. Um, yeah. My mother obviously came here after she got married to my dad. Mm-hmm. I think she did find it quite hard. Obviously everything was quite new, so she's newly married in the yeah. new country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think soon after she had me as well. Mm-hmm. So everything was very new to her. Yeah. Um, and I remember her saying she had to like get used to Obviously, being gay, so it's a different. It's a cultural shock. Mm-hmm. Everything, like everything's different. Yes. So she, um, I think she tried to pick up things very quickly. Mm-hmm. So like going out, like yeah. finding your routes to places and back. Uh, at the same time, she was like caring for my grand grandfather. He was quite right. um, yes. ill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as I was growing up, she also took like classes, so English classes to mm-hmm. learn English, and other courses. Yeah. Um, she's also a tailor. So I think education-wise, like, mm-hmm. she didn't have much. Like, she did study until high school. But yeah. coming here, everything's different. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really car- get to carry on from what you were doing in Bangladesh yeah. Yeah. to here. So she learned how to tailor. So she has customers from all over the area coming to her. That's true. So everyone from the area comes to her. Can you fix this? Can you make this? Can you shorten this? Mm-hmm. How's that I live in now? Mm-hmm. So do you remember when I said my grandparents moved a lot, so they yes. didn't have like, a stable home. Mm-hmm. So the first stable home they got where they didn't have to move right. 
is down the road on Acton Street. Ah. Um, so they've been living there since 1990 oh or 1993, God. one yeah. of them. Um, I was born in that house, mm-hmm. grew up there, and eventually for a few years we had to move out as well because there wasn't enough space. It's a four bedroom house but yes. still a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to move out. But we're back in the house now. Right. Yeah, so there'll always be family coming over, like people coming over, mm-hmm. like guests. And I'd always be asking my parents, how do you know them? Yeah. Like, how are we related to them? <laughs> and they'd be like, just, we're just brothers, like, yeah. we're just sisters. Mm-hmm. Or like, or your dad called this person and also and so, like, brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're like relatives, but not by blood. Yeah. Um, right. So that's, mm-hmm. a lot of people around the area, that's, like, we have that relation with them. Right. So I think growing up, I was very confused in a way. Like you have a bit of an identity crisis. Like you're British, but not British enough. You're Bengali, but not Bengali enough. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of pushed the Bengali side away a bit. Yeah. I kind of like ill. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's tough growing up. I think I mean, we like, can ew. all relate to that. Point. Yeah. yeah. Um, like ew, I don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, but I think as I've grown older, I'm like. I want to hold on to that. I want to mm-hmm. hold on to my heritage, my family, like know more about my family yeah. and what they did, their struggles and how they got to where they are now. Mm-hmm. I think culturally, they're just very, um, Bengalis are very giving and yeah. thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to my relationship with family in Bangladesh, you know how you get calls? No. I would never <laughs> want to speak on the phone, never, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently, because I thought, you know what, I realised it's important to keep ties with the family. And I've got my nanny in Bangladesh, so my mum's mum. Mm-hmm. And she's old. And I, it was just a thought, because I've lost my dad's parents. Right. And I had a relationship with them, because they were here. Mm-hmm. It was just a thought of losing my mum's mum yeah. and not having a relationship with her, mm-hmm. which kind of, like, taunted me. Yeah. Um. So now, I do, like, when the phone's there, yeah. when you're on FaceTime, I do speak, because... Mm-hmm. Even if you make that little bit of effort, yeah. like, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Another resident in Bloomsbury, Soraya, told me about her grandparents' initial journey to the UK, starting out in Birmingham before settling in London. Hi, my name is Soraya, and I think I'd probably take it right from the start with my granddad and my grandma, who first came to this country. It's my paternal uh, granddad and grandma. And my granddad came don't know the exact date, around about the 1950s or 60s. Um, and I mean, I was told he came on a ship. I don't know the full details. Um, I never got to meet him, but he first came to this country and he found work in the factories. And when he first came to the UK, it was really interesting because I didn't know he lived in Birmingham first and then he moved to South London before coming to King's Cross. Um, and my family traveled quite a bit between like here and Bangladesh before my gran, my granddad, um, my dad and like they've got five siblings, so six all together, before they like started living in Fleetway, so literally just the estate attached to this place in 1984. And then business-wise, like he had a few restaurants and he worked in a few restaurants as well. And my granddad and family, they ended up moving to Acton Street, which is where we live now, um, in 1993. So we've been over about just a bit over 20 years. It's weird because I'm the eldest granddaughter, um, so obviously like you sit around like over a cup of tea and like mm. you chat about like how, how life was back then. But it was really hard for my grand because she um, she raised six kids in this country alone because mm. my granddad passed away of a heart attack. Uh, I think in the nineteen nineties, so he, she was here. She was really young, um, and she obviously had my dad, and so there were six of them in total. Um, and she's the strongest person I know for like bringing up six kids in a place like London where like 
English wasn't her first language and but I think in, in that time there were so many so many women that were like mm. that and obviously all of those that did travel in from Bangladesh here a lot of them had similar stories so. yeah that's the thing I think when you're migrating or settling in a new country everything's difficult mm. but from what I heard I think the settling itself because my grand's first language wasn't English it's, she used to come down to KCB because mm. uh, it was another neighborhood center before it was KCB and um, like when she needed to write benefit letters or anything she'd come here for help and I've been looking for the social worker that used to help I don't know the name but um, I think in that in that sense they found it difficult to find their feet and be able to adjust with six kids but as far as racism goes I don't I don't know how bad it was no I mean I think when we first moved here I don't know if we were the first families but it wasn't that Bengali populated it's soon after Mm. became quite populated See, that's, that's why I love this place so much. And I, I work for Camden, so I work in the borough. But I haven't done enough work in this youth club or like in um, this side of South Camden. Um, when I was younger, I remember my parents used to use KCB services so often. And my gran, like, they used to go on trips and stuff. They still do it now. But um, we used to go on trips. And at one trip at South End, I remember they took us with the coach. I was young, I was only like. I think four or five and I remember that was the best trip ever like I still remember having the ice cream because I'd never traveled before then um we just didn't have the money to do it so when KCB took us it was it was amazing I remember my grand and my aunt and all of us being there I had a chat with a local resident called Atia and she talked about growing up as a Bengali in Bloomsbury hi my name is Atia Katoon um I'm going to be speaking about my nano Shamsud Nessa my granddad, Farid Ullah, and my mum, Sakina Katoon. So my Nanua Nana um, came around the 1960s, I would say. My granddad was in Germany for a bit. Um, he was part of like an army instructor. I don't know the ins and outs, but he helped with like, um, he would tell us stories about um, Germany a lot and how he um, helped with like the factory making. It was mostly to do with that. And my nano, she was younger, so obviously in like Bengali culture, you get married quite young. So my nano was only fourteen when she came here, and then um, she was with my granddad and his family, but um, she loved it. Like she loved my nano's um, parents, the family. They treated her like her own. And then my grandparents bought my auntie. Um, so my mom has. Okay, she has two brothers and three sisters. One sister's in Bangladesh, but two sisters that were here, and then the two brothers came as well. But it took like a lot of work for them to bring their kids. For me, it was quite difficult because, so my, I have a stepdad who, um, he's been there since I was one, and he's British. So for me, um, it was quite different because I was, it was very diverse in the way I was brought up, and I was quite separate from my family. Um, in terms of the way we live, like, so my mum was kind of the outcast because, you know, when she had me, she had me quite young, she, she, like, in the culture, she wasn't meant to have me at the age she had me, and it was looked down upon, so it was kind of hard for us, and because she's with a British man, it kind of, um, affected the way we were, like, our lifestyle, so I think... In terms of the Bengali culture, my mom tried so hard. So in primary school, I went to Argao, just down the road. Um, she, what did she do? She tried to put me in like Bengali classes because my Bengali was horrible. Like my grandma would talk to me. She'd be like, yeah, you can't talk like that. It's not good. So um, I learned, I guess that's how we tried to do it. And I obviously had like my Arabic lessons. So I kind of learned it through my th- friends. I would say 
the older I got, the more I wanted to be involved in my culture and I enjoyed it more because I understood it. Whereas when I was younger, I didn't really care. And I think it was more my granddad just wanted to come. Like there was no, I think he knew it was a better quality of life. And when it came down to choosing, I think they chose Britain because of the way um, they could do it. And also he was very, like my granddad knew English when he was speaking. So he, he was very good when it came to talking to people and stuff. So I think with his work, it, it linked to coming to Britain as well because he obviously was part of like the factory making this and that but the whole standard of living was much better than if he was in Bangladesh. I would say I still put like when I get an application I will do British Bangladeshi and I can be I'm proud to say I'm Bengali and I love my culture I love everything about it like when I think of like what I want to do for my kids when they come I would always want to show them it because the way I see it is we have a beautiful culture despite all the you know aunties and uncles saying things and all that the actual things behind it and what you do is really nice like when I went to Bangladesh they had a festival going on and I think it was like New Year's for them or something but it was so nice to see it and everyone happy and I'm like wow you don't see that here at all because it's just everyone's doing their own thing so I I think as well here we had um the Mela, I would always come to it. I didn't know what's happening, but I came <laughs> with my friends. I made sure, yeah. and like I would see people, and it was so nice just to be like brought together, yeah. and like you know, I feel more connected having Bengali friends. Maybe because because we have the same language, or we just know. I have a different style of living for yeah. sure, but I just I feel like I can relate more, and I have a bit more like safety and like trust I think yeah. when I have Bengali friends mm-hmm. like obviously I love my other friends yeah. but it's just different <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's just different when you like with Bengali you just connect differently yeah. I chatted to Shofi Muhammad, a senior youth worker at King's Cross Brunswick Neighbourhood Association about his late father who came to Britain for the chance of a better life Shofi talked about the importance of knowing your heritage my name is Muhammad Shofi um, I've lived in Camden for 28 years uh, recently moved out, but my whole family are still here. All my family connections are in Camden. And um, today I'll be talking about my late father, Kuddus Mia. Growing up for my father was quite difficult because we didn't come from a really affluent background, um, really um, village-based um, background. And my father was the first in his family to be sent over. Mm-hmm. And back then, families will sell their lands to be able to s- send their sons over um, and they saw it as a, you know, as a thing to better the family financially. Mm-hmm. So for him to come over was a financial decision on the part of my granddad and my grandma. Mm-hmm. And um, um, they, they actually sent land, to, sold land to send him here. And he came over in 1961. Um, and it was part of uh, burying himself and his family's sort of futures. My dad, speaking to him, he always said that the people that he came with, Mm -hmm. they all had the sort of mind frame of they're only coming here temporarily to make as much money as they can Mm -hmm. and then go back home. But believe it or not, a lot of them obviously ended up settling here Mm -hmm. because they saw that their children have a better life chance here. Yeah. And... um, so yeah, that wasn't their intention to stay. They all came on a temporary basis, but they ended up staying on a permanent basis. Like, you know, we're here, mm-hmm. we're his children. Yeah. We've, we all, well, I was born here. Mm-hmm. My dad first came in 1961. He stayed here for about uh, 10 years, mm-hmm. then went back home to get married because he had um, saved enough money. Um, 
before that he was previously married, mm-hmm. but his first wife uh, died at birth, uh, um, giving birth. Right. I think there's always a definitely a uh, big Bangladeshi community within Camden, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think a lot of Bangladeshis stuck with each other a lot more back then yeah. because of uh, the racism. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up, even you know my early years of growing up, we couldn't go to certain areas because it was you know we'd get attacked just because of the colour of our skin. Yeah. Um, I know my brother had it worse than me, he's slightly older. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, my brother and my dad and the elders before us, they really paved the way for us yeah. in terms of our safety, mm-hmm. in terms of us being able to walk where we can today. Yeah. They had to actually fight back physically and take a stand. And that's when things started to really change. Yeah, I remember once my brother, um, he got attacked mm-hmm. and the police turned up to my house and um, you know, we were kind of like a good family, so yeah. a police to turn up at my front door was like, what the hell's going yeah. on? I remember my mum fainting, oh my God. we didn't know my, where, my, where my brother was, yeah. so we thought he was really hurt. Mm-hmm. But he got attacked by a group of white, white boys at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's certain things like that, and that's not just one occasion, there's many oh, occasions. Yeah. Even between myself, you know, I've been attacked, you know, um, so it, it's just it's just part of, part of mm-hmm. yeah, part of our growing yeah. up anyway. I think there was a sense of um, not really belonging here, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, I remember my dad speaking uh, and everything was about Bangladesh. Yes. Nothing was about, like, you know, where mm-hmm. we were or it was, Bangladesh was so important to him. Yeah. And I think this, it's been a generational change, whereas myself, I don't know much about Bangladesh mm-hmm. now. You know, yeah. my, my main concern is here, mm-hmm. like, you know, my welfare, my family, my of kids. Course, yeah. Whereas my dad was obviously the welfare of his family mm-hmm. and kids, but, yeah. you know, his parents, his brothers, yes. his, All his the extended family, family yeah. and mom, the same with my mum mm-hmm. as well. So they had that, they had that um, burden. Oh, I wouldn't like to call it a burden. Yeah, it was a burden to, yeah. look, up, to look after them and us yeah. as well yeah. at the same time. Right. So that was a lot of pressure on their backs mm-hmm. and I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Yeah. My dad was a really clever man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, um, I don't think he was educated, but he was a postman back home. Right. So he used to okay. post everyone letters and he used to send letters. So he had some, he needed to have some level of like literacy. Yes. So when he came here, he learned, he self-taught himself English. Right. Um, writing English, mm-hmm. he already knew how to write Bengali, and a lot of his peers didn't know that, mm-hmm. so they didn't know how to write Bengali, or they didn't know how to write English, right. um, and they needed interpretation. So they would come to my dad, and my dad would be literally on in his room with someone for hours upon hours, just writing letters, yeah. uh, you know, helping them with their applications or whatever. They used to always come to my dad for like mm-hmm. support or help. And my dad would do that constantly, this is why I go. And he used to spend so much time writing letters for these people and yourself as well. Because right. back then they didn't have phones, mm-hmm. they didn't have this FaceTime, and they didn't have anything like that. So yes. the only form of communication was through letters. Mm-hmm. And my dad really helped a lot of people with that. And yeah. that's why I'm sharing a letter of his today. Um, and hopefully that goes up in gallery just as, you know, I think yeah. that says a lot about it. Our parents always spoke Bengali to mm-hmm. us, but I could never speak Bengali like yeah. they did, if that makes yes. sense. I, I used to be the English Bengali, if mm-hmm. that, you know, you know that, yeah, um, that dialect, you've got that yeah. English Bengali yeah. and they're always, <laughs> and they're always <laughs> laughing at you, exactly, yeah. so I've, I've got that kind of Bengali, but obviously I've improved that mm-hmm. as years have gone by, but yeah, my parents used to laugh at me all the time when I used to speak Bengali. Right. Yeah. You know, part of the reason I'm doing this is it's really important to um, acknowledge your heritage, mm-hmm. acknowledge where you've come from, appreciate where you've come from, and I think that's something that's getting lost now amongst our, my generation and younger. A lot of um, 
you know, young children don't, you know, the, even the Bengali language yeah. is at risk at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of young Bangladeshi don't know how to speak our Sileti dialect anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think these kind of projects are really important for us to um, highlight our heritage again and, and remember where we've come from because that's, that's a big part of our lives and our parents' lives and our, and our history. Yeah. Whatever they went through, whatever they did was for us and they paid the way for us. So, you know, we might see things as silly. Some of the stuff they did, we might see as silly to yes. ourselves. But at their time, that was important to them. Do you know what I mean? And that, that meant a lot to them. Hence, you know, resulting in us being where we are today. My dad was definitely a leader in the community. He was mm -hmm. one of the co-founders of uh, the Summerstown Community Mosque. Oh, okay. Um, that's on Charles Street now. So he was one of the co-founders. Mm -hmm. They used to do once a, once a week, Friday, July, on the local hall. Right. And um, he formed a community, community with his peers as well. Um, so he was well known in the area and well respected. Mm -hmm. And he died at the age of 84. So he right. was like one of the eldest in yes. the area, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. the, a lot of people and his peers died before him. Mm -hmm. He's a very healthy man, I yes. like myself. <laughs> I don't know if I can live up to 84, <laughs> but you know, um, if I do, you know, that would be amazing. Mm -hmm. you know, my mum was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. um, she was a housewife. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, they, they they didn't used to be, any, like, there wouldn't be anyone that would come through my doors yeah. and leave without eating. <laughs> and when she passed away, there was a lot of people that were upset. And yeah. there's a lot of, I remember in her funeral, like, the amount of people that turned up within the local community was just um, amazing. You know, yeah. he knew, he knew the imam, she knew the imam, she knew the neighbours, the neighbours of neighbours, the cousins of cousins, <laughs> the, everyone. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and back then, I think, everyone used to know each other so yeah. even if you just said the per per person's full name mm -hmm. and where they're from back home yeah there's a connection there straight away yeah oh i know that person oh yeah that's someone's brother mm -hmm. well you don't have that now yeah you know no one really a close-knit community close-knit yeah. community no one's asking those questions yeah. exactly mm -hmm. no one's asking those questions and you know like i think that's something that's that we need to revive again or try anyway but mm -hmm. I don't think we'll be able to do yeah. to the extent our parents did because yeah. they needed each other as well yeah. and we've got to remember that mm -hmm. right now we might not need each other as much yeah. but our parents needed each other mm -hmm. and they needed the community to get by so my mum was a very loved person and, and you know they say behind every strong man is a, is a, is a strong woman yeah. and that was definitely the case in my mm -hmm. Above all, I think what this project has taught me is that we should be very much aware of our culture and of our, of our heritage. Of course it's important to mark the hardships but there's also so much joy in these people's stories. Whether that's the generation from myself or the generation of our elders, there's so much to remember and so much to pass on as well. I think Bangladeshi culture as a result of this project has become a much more central part of my own life and it's something that I wish to interrogate more and understand more and celebrate more as well. This project has really brought Bangladeshi culture to life for me and for the people around me who have also participated in the events and I'm really glad to have been a part of this project.